the readings taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, and beginning at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said... He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace, in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father he has made him known. Thanks be to God. So just going to share um, a few thoughts before uh, we share communion together. Um, Christmas Day, I think, is just completely magical. And a question to you is, um, do you believe in magic? <laughs> um, when... Uh, uh, I think this controversy has somewhat died down, but apologies if it hasn't in, with parents. But um, there was a huge thing when I was growing up as to whether children who go to church were allowed to read Harry Potter. It was just huge, like, as in, and very, I could tell with my parents, very anxious as to whether they were making the right decision or not. Anyway, um, one year, I'm assuming after much wrangling and thinking, uh, there was a little rectangular book under the Christmas tree and I opened it up and it was Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, which is the second book and I hadn't read the first. <laughs> a huge <laughs> mistake by my parents, but I read it and enjoyed it. Um, the Christmas story, you know, it still enchants and thrills. If you think of the music and the art, the television and film that is inspired by the Christmas story, poetry about light in the darkness, and um, that, that is just, that line has come out to me again and again this morning. 
Hail, thou ever-blessed morn. Hail, redemption's happy dawn. Um, It's inspired by what, if you were describing it from the outside, if you weren't a follower of Jesus, the whole story kind of looks a bit like a kind of magic. And I'm not talking about a magician's cheap tricks of light and shadow or concealment. Maybe some of you young people may have received a a magician's set uh, this Christmas. I'm not talking about that kind of magic. I'm talking about really deep kind of magic. The magic of Gandalf or of Dumbledore or of Aslan. That there is a special power in friendship a special power in the relationship of a mother or father to a son or a daughter, Um, a special relationship that exists between Christian family and within community, a kind of um, specialness that it is when you support a football team together, if you're at Bradford City, the sense of uh, togetherness and wonder, that there there is actually a power and a magic behind that, that there's More to this world that can be observed in test tubes, graphs, and spreadsheets, that there is a wonder and a mystery behind life. And Christmas Day shows that to us. And this magic, this deep foundational truth that in some way billions of people across the world will in some way mark this day, is that God so loved the world, and it It can't be limited to just you, but it includes you. (laughs) It's more than just an individual atomized thing. It's us together, but that includes you as an individual. He so loved the world um, that, as it said in verse 14 um, that Helen read, he enters in. The word becomes flesh and blood and draws close. It's a rescue mission. It's a mercy mission. In many ways, it's a declaration of war. It's an act of war against sin and death. It, it, Jesus, this Christ, this baby, comes to end a, a tyranny, an enslavement uh, of um, sin, as if that's not the things necessarily that you do, it includes that. But it's powers that have kept humanity under their thumb. This baby born in Bethlehem, comes to end that and to free us, to rescue us. The word became flesh and moved amongst us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only full of grace and truth. I pray that you would know that truth very real with you and your families this Christmas time, that it's a truth for all of us, for the whole world, but it's actually easy, I think, to think it's for everyone and not realize that it's for you, for me, uh, for you as an individual. So I pray that you'd have moments this Christmas where, like Mary, you'd be able to cherish the truth that he has come close to you this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen.